Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Hello. What's up, man? What's going on, buddy boy? Uh, getting ready for the end of the year. Uh, as we're recording this, everyone is everyone. Uh, you know, the, the industry is heading out to PRI. Um, I've gone a couple times now. I didn't get a chance, obviously, to go this year. Uh, should be should be a good a good show. I do like PRI. Like PRI is uh, uh, is the performance racing industry. It's sort of the more racing focused version of the SEMA show. It's an indie. It's a little bit smaller than SEMA. Uh, quite a bit smaller than SEMA, but um, the the exhibitors there and the parts and stuff that you see definitely lean, lean toward more the racing side of things. So if you're really looking for internal engine components and, uh, you know, pistons and drivetrains and valve trains, that's the place to be. Uh, and the companies that we see at SEMA, like your, your supercharger companies, like a pro charger or a Vortec, when they're at PRI, you see more of their racing-oriented stuff. Giant superchargers, giant turbo, you know, kits. Uh, uh, Sounds like it sucks. It's actually, uh, it, it's 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 an interesting show. It's a fun show, and if you're if you get a little less into the bolt-on performance and a little bit more of the assembly mechanic performance side of things it's cool and it's full of you know dirt racers drag racers road racers like just the audience is a little bit different so it's a cool event it's a fun event um but it's far and it's cold to me to me it sounds like heaven i've obviously been to sema for the last 30 years and i've heard nothing but wonderful things about pri and i've continued to say that yeah next year i'll be there but um it's 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 a time constraint thing because today is the first day of Han. You, you do you do know that. Yes, yes, um, uh, I do, and and we'll have to figure it out at some point. We're gonna have to um, we'll we'll find a way to to do something out there. I think if we go, we do something podcast, something live show, something like that to make it kind of fun. And I I had the opportunity to do that a couple of times, um, go out there and and do live shows and speak with Antron Brown and and you know, a couple of the other racers and stuff that show up. So um, it's cool. It's a, it's a good event. I it's, it's definitely worth checking out and it's sort of, you know, the, the Midwest version of, of the SEMA show. If you want to go to that Indiana. sounds, the more you say about it, the more fantastic it sounds. And uh, the, it, it's at a convention center. And then like separately, there's like a, a, a stadium and that's sort of the second part of it. Kind of like where SEMA has the multiple buildings. But in that, they roll in all of the big like uh, car haulers, motorhomes, and uh, things that you would take on the road to go racing to a track. So it's a whole different like like infield of a stadium where you can just check out the various uh, car haulers and stuff and how they're building it out. That's kind of a cool piece as well. Uh, uh, Chris Loxamana. Uh, he and I went a couple of years ago and we just sort of wandered off to that stadium. We're like, what's going on in here? And we walk up and we're up high, like in the grandstands. And we're like, we got to get down in the middle. Like, I didn't even know this was here. And somebody just sort of pointed us in the direction. And although it was cold out, the weather was nice enough to be able to just walk around and go. And we were like, let's go, well, let's go get a steak, but let's swing by this stadium to figure out like what's going on in there. And we popped in. I was like, 
Oh, that's there's some cool shit down there too. And then on the display, they had like John Force's funny car in the in you know in the in the hallway or whatever. And it was just uh, it was cool. It was a cool display. So, um, speaking of the performance parts, I wanted to just quickly touch on sort of the evolution of the twin turbo kit on the Mach One because um, when we did the Mach One and debuted it at SEMA last year. We technically had to call it emissions tested, which meant the guys at Hellion Turbo went through the whole process at SEMA Garage to get it emissions tested and submit it to CARB and all 50 state legality. Uh, It was all tested. All the numbers came back good. And we didn't want to say emissions legal because it wasn't fully approved. And then all the numbers came back. It passed with flying colors. It blew clean. And in some cases, because of the tune, it was cleaner at certain areas of, of the RPM range. It was cleaner than the, the factory Ford stock tune. And it was clean and basically approved up to like 12 pounds of boost. Like a stock kit's like seven pounds. And, and it was still clean up to 12 pounds. And then Carb came back and said everything you're doing is fine the the turbos the location putting them on like the catalytic converters and not changing the cats and the locations and just putting like in between the cats and the and the header all of it's fine they said but the factory air box has that carbon filter it sucks in air hits the air filter hits that carbon filter and and right before it goes into the engine to the throttle body and it said you need to keep that Right. It had nothing to do with how clean it was. It was just a rule. You have to have the carbon filter. So this past uh, SEMA, they showed another version, another one of the cars up on jack stands. And what they were able to do was, uh, if you can kind of picture this, they made a big air box, almost like a tray that sits underneath the engine, almost like a, 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 a where the factory plastic shield is that goes from like the front bumper to the bell housing um there's mm-hmm. like a uh there's there's a tray there's a shield or you know whatever you want to call it that's down there and it's plastic and you you remove it so that's removed the turbos are right at in between the header and the catalytic converter so it's right at the firewall near the bell housing they make a new shorty header that attaches to the turbo attaches to the cats the cats you can't change the cats you can't rotate the cats. You can't change the location. So it had to be per- stock. So now two issues that came up is one, where, how do you add the carbon filter? And two, a lot of comments on my posts were good luck driving the car through weather because the turbos mounting low like that are also where the air filters are. So they killed two birds with one stone. So what they did was there's this, uh, it looks like a black powder coated tray and it's basically an air box it's probably the width of the engine compartment so maybe it's i don't know three three feet wide and it goes from the bell housing area almost up to the front behind the front rear bumper like that's the length of it it's like that plastic tray that was on the car stock is removed and this aluminum tray is in there but the aluminum tray is actually an air box like I said, it's about three feet wide. 
maybe three feet long, but it's got about an inch of height and it's a box and it attaches to where the air filters would go on the turbos. So it has two round pieces, attaches to the turbos, goes to this huge air box. And then there's a pipe that goes up to the factory air box, air filter box. You know what I'm talking about on the car and it feeds, it sucks in air from there. And then the, the tube, uh, from the turbos, there's two tubes from the turbos that blow into the engine. So when you open the hood of your car, the factory air box, that air filter assembly looks all stock. And then it has a, a pipe that 90 degrees down behind the radiator, between the radiator and the engine goes to that air box. It sucks in air from there, goes to the air box that they made, goes to the turbos, the turbos, blow to an intercooler, the intercooler blows to the engine. Adding that system, one, underneath the hood, it almost looks factory stock. Mm -hmm. Two, it eliminates the issue of sucking in water at the turbos. And Which three, it's satisfied carb and gave them 50 state emissions legality. And they're, they're, they're just they're waiting on, it's approved. They're waiting on paperwork there's just you know some shuffling you got to wait uh a little bit but it's a it's a pretty interesting system um now for the mustang mach 1 i had the factory air box but on the mach 1 it has the open element filter with the gasket around the top that seals on the hood and it's got that big conical filter in there and then with with Anderson Composites, when we did the carbon fiber hood with the hood scoop, it was made for a stock Mach 1. And that scoop actually was functional and it has like a, a little tunnel on the hood and goes to the top of that conical air filter. So what I talked to John Urist about was, hey, if you're putting the factory intake system, basically airbox system in the car, wouldn't it work with my open element filter instead of the Mustang GT's box filter? And he's like, there's no reason why it shouldn't. So now we'll test fit it and get it to work. But now if that works, the Anderson Composites hood scoop will be functional and it'll have a little bit of a ram air function. So it'll bring cold air in not just an intake, but a cold air intake, because it has that air coming from the outside to that air filter, to the turbos, and then into the engine. So it's a pretty, pretty smart kit that they put together and got it emissions legal. Uh, it's going to be sure cool. it, it, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't. It didn't. No, it was over the past year. And you know what? A lot of it was, was those guys keep going back to SEMA garage and getting it tested and submitting it to carb and carb coming back. And he actually said the process was, was not that complicated. And everybody was like pretty nice in the process. The relationship that SEMA garage has with carb is a good relationship. Now we constantly hear about how, Carb is going after companies and they're busting everyone. There's fines for the shops that have done tuning and all this stuff. Um, and it really makes them seem like the bad guy. And in some cases, many cases, they kind of are playing the bad guy, but that's that's not 
how it went down with Heli and Turbo and Seema Garage and Carp. Uh, they followed the rules and they passed and they're going to have an emissions legal twin turbo kit, which I have. So I'm going to retrofit that air box on there. And uh, once they make me one, <laughs> um, I think they made one <laughs> uh, for SEMA. And we're going to, we got a new tune for it. We're working on the tune. We think we have it done, but we're just checking it. Uh, and then we'll bring it back to the dyno and then we'll bring it to the Edmonds test track and see what it does. But um, yeah, I'm excited. But it's an incredibly huge accomplishment getting a V8 powered car with an emissions legal twin turbo kit from the aftermarket, especially oh, okay. these days. Like that's, that's an incredible feat. So anyway, I just wanted to update uh, on that. So we're getting a little bit closer to getting it all, all done. Uh, it's a, it's cool. It's a cool system and it's going to be a cool piece. So anyway, that's that. Get it out on the road and drive it. Yeah. Uh, I just patched the tire. I had a, freaking nail in the tire i had to take that off patch the tire sounds like you're driving around here right yeah nail um, in tire. uh all right so do you want to talk a little bit about the demons and barra jackson the official announcement i think we sort of hinted to it over the last couple of weeks but yeah i've tried to i've yeah. tried to keep it under wraps right i mean the the reality is you can't sell a vehicle if you don't have possession of the vehicle first yeah. So I, I didn't want to make it be known that I was eyeing Friday night, the 26th of January for Barrett Jackson um, until I got confirmation that my car was on the trailer on the way to my dealer, which I got this morning, as everyone on social media saw. Um, and this is the Demon 170. The first Demon 170. Yeah. Number 1038. Um it's the big brother to 1038 2018 demon that I purchased in 2018, my black one. Um, and I am going to take them to Barrett Jackson for Friday night lights, basically, uh, and sell them as a pair, um, one lot, um, to one very lucky new owner, because I've done all the legwork. I... <laughs> I kept a 2008 a vehicle that I purchased in 2018, which popped a wheelie under 10 miles. So it has not clicked 11 on the odometer. And that feat alone is, is admirable and needs to be compensated. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, you know, I mean, there's a million reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think first and foremost, the over the underlying reason is, I've been very fortunate to be a spokesperson for Dodge over the last number of years. And I've been extremely lucky to fulfill a childhood dream, which is, you know, driving these badass cars and being and looking from the from the inside out. So what's that what that's done is it's given me the opportunity uh, when these special cars go up for for uh, for sale um or you know to build uh i i i've been on the list which is i'm i'm very thankful for so obviously what i did was i got two i got two pairs i got yeah. one for myself uh number 37 
which is F8 green on the 2018. And then I got the one off uh, green machine color for 2023 on the 170. Um, that car is at Penske right now. Um, but then I, I got the other, I got the other package because I had the ability to do it and, and passing up that opportunity, I would have been moronic. And so kind of what I've, I've been a curator of that car, you know, for five years and I've, it's been over to freaking Saudi Arabia in that debacle of an auction Yeah, you know, we had years ago. Um, somehow it came back with no scratches. I mean, it came back intact, unlike a lot of other vehicles. And I've still been able to keep 10 miles on it. So um, I think it's, a, it, you know, with the internal combustion engines coming to an end and, you know, what Dodge has represented throughout the years, I, I think that my character kind of mirrors that, you know, in the wrestling world and me as a person, as a car collector, you know, I'm a big and ostentatious over the top, loud, freaking wild dude. Right. So, I mean, I'm reminiscent of the brand and it's going to be cool, man. I'm going to drive the 2018 on stage and Gage is going to follow me in the, in the 170. And, um, it's going to be a badass night, man. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I can't wait to shake the hand of the person that gets that, that purchases this lot because, you know, again, man, I mean, this internal combustion uh, engine demise or end as it's coming to fruition is the, the end of a, of an era, man. I mean, no doubt. Yeah. So um, I think these cars exemplify you know, what they stood for and, and, and the last call as they, as they announced it, you know, the event in Vegas with the unveiling of the 170, but um, it's a, it's been a cool time to be a part of a cool brand and, and it's a cool opportunity for somebody. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity and I'm really not, I'm not sorrowful in that I'm getting rid of them because as I said, I have another pair. You have another so, pair. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that like I'm some, you know, elitist by any stretch. I'm just a collector and I'm a guy who had a plan back in the day. And now I'm, I'm, I'm going through with that plan. And let's just be honest. I need freaking room. I got <laughs> other cars that I want <laughs> and I, I don't want to stack them on top of these. Right. And so I think it's the time to do it. The market might not say so, but, you know, hopefully with the hoopla around the event itself and, you know, what's happening Saturday night and myself and, the, you know, we're going to have some big wigs from Dodge hopefully up on stage with me and uh, it's going to be a big production, man. So I'm looking forward to it and uh, the cat's out of the bag. There you go. So we've got the Dodge Demon and the Demon 170. They're they're matching serial numbers. Yes, sir. They are both black. They're they're both matching black. color. Basically, the, you had the Demon One Seventy built to match the the Demon, and was offered from Dodge to get the matching serial number. So you can buy both matching cars, the Demon and the Demon One Seventy, both the black, Demon black, and yeah, the, uh, the Demon crate with the with the original Demon, the 2018. It comes with that. Yeah, you got the drag pack crate on it. These basically these cars are are still wrapped in plastic. They're 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 wrapper cars. Uh, 
And don't be surprised if I uh, uh, may take a couple uh, add-ons with me to uh, to to you know increase the anticipation of the end result. Right? There'll there'll, there'll be some fun right. stuff. There'll be some fun stuff for sure. Uh, and uh, we're gonna be at Barrett Jackson, and hopefully, uh, uh, you guys can come have a have a drink with us. Come have a bravago with us while. Uh, while this this car is going up there and and whatnot, so um, it'll be it'll it, be kind of fun. Quite, it's quite possible that uh, this may be in the trunk. So Bill's showing us on video. He's showing us uh, a custom painted uh, helmet. Says who's next? Mike um, Lavalley. Oh, Mike Lavalley. Yeah, he did it, and uh, he was great. He did the real flames. If you guys don't know him, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. He was such a nice guy, and and you've seen him on old episodes of of uh, <laughs> of overhaul and, and pretty much everything else where he kind of created or or made mainstream the idea of of real flame paints not just uh and um always did a great job even on uh, you go back and you see chip foos who's a great painter and an artist obviously paint cars and then bring in mike and go let's add real flames on this and see his process and he did that's that. A testament to how good the dude was, man. What, so good. So he's got again, you. Can, you got again, this. You you can talk about how good a guy is at his craft, but he's he was a better man. I mean, he was just a wonderful guy. Yeah, yeah. So the helmet, maybe the helmet, the real flame painted that he did. That's a pretty cool piece, pretty special piece, which you can't get done again because unfortunately Mike is gone, right? So. Uh, yeah, should be kind of a, it'll be exciting. Um, we're all going to be out there. And of course, it, it, you guys should come out to Barrett Jackson. This will be a fun one to go to because we'll be out there. Bill's car's going up Friday night. Uh, our friend Sammy Hagar has got his La Ferrari going up Saturday night. Be some uh, Bravago in the trunk. We'll do that. We'll do some Bravago in the trunk. Have maybe some. Uh, some signed. Uh, some signed cases of Bravago. And and, and by the way, you know. It, it, you buy these cars, definitely come and and have a drink with us and uh, grab some photos and and uh, and do whatever you want. With cars, <laughs> hey, if you want to drive them home, drive them home. If you want to, <laughs> you know, oh, I'll cry, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it it'll be it'll be a fun event. It'll be a fun event for sure. And it'll be, um, it's always going to be a, a a big party. And stick around that, especially that Friday Saturday uh, is going to be. It's going to be pretty, pretty cool, pretty fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's been a while since I've I've been around uh, on a Friday night um, to take part in the festivities because usually Friday night is pretty wild. Um, yeah, but I'm all in this year. Yeah. Now listen, uh, Sammy's bringing a La Ferrari, and his car was custom made, and he picked the color combination, flew to Italy, and sat down with all those guys uh, at Ferrari. Um, but it's unlikely you're going to see a demon, let alone two, pop up at any other auction other than Barrett Jackson Friday night. You're yeah, just I mean, not going to see a matching pair like this anywhere else. I haven't seen and or heard of anyone offering a matching pair. Um, I'm sure down the road there will be, you know, Packages available at other auctions, possibly, but I'm the first. So 
know. Here's the good news. If you have enough money to buy Sammy Hagar's La Ferrari, then you have enough money to buy the La Ferrari and the two demons. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, and I do birthday parties. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, also, uh, a little birdie told me that uh, when 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 Sammy's out there just for fun, he might be bringing the band. He might be bringing the whole band out up on stage to rally with him. We're talking Michael Anthony, Jason Bonham, Joe Satriani. Uh, they announced their their big tour, Best of All Worlds tour. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of fun. So uh, Friday, Saturday, it's gonna be a home run. Maybe I move to Saturday. Uh, well, it's going to be a. Uh, uh, I think I think you're good Friday. I think you're good Friday. I think um, I think it's a it's a. Listen, it's not going to be the same exact audience for Friday and Saturday as far as who's buying, and this is going to be a nice way to 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 kind of break it up and turn Friday and Saturday into two headliners. You headline Friday, and he headlines Saturday. Um, it's uh it's gonna be cool. So, like I said, we've never seen a pair of demons like this go up, and we've never seen a LaFerrari at Barrett Jackson. Um, so Love buy your first. weekend tickets. <laughs> uh all right. So I, I don't know if you guys have been hearing about this because we talked talking about SEMA show and, and stuff that's going on for a while now. The 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 government in California, and I guess California and Las Vegas have been talking about a high-speed rail that goes yeah. from LA to Vegas. Uh, and now they're starting to like really turn it into a real thing. Uh, they want to they want to make a high-speed rail that goes from LA to Vegas that can be completed before the Olympics that Los Angeles is hosting in 2028 seems, yeah, good luck with that. seems a little optimistic. Um, but the idea would be a 218 mile high speed rail that goes 186 miles an hour and can get you to Vegas in two hours and 10 minutes. Uh, they're looking to award somewhere around 8.2 billion to create this. I don't know who's okay, paying hold for on, it. Hold on, hold on a second. Before we go on any further, how long does it take you to drive from LA to Vegas with no travel? Uh, four and a half, maybe four and a half hours. So it cuts in half. Okay. But, but then you have to drive an hour from LA. Yes. Here's the point is it's about four and a half hours, maybe about four and a half hours, let's say from the West side, like from the beach area. Like if you say LA, you can be downtown LA, you could be wherever, but I, I don't know what the thinking behind this, but it's going to start in like Rancho Cucamonga, which is not downtown LA. It's not near the beach. It's not even that close to LAX. If you use that as a central point, honestly, if I left right now in the Venice area to go to Rancho Cucamonga, it's probably two to two and a half hours in traffic and about an hour and a half longer to take the rail than it would to drive. Them. Yeah. So I, if I'm going to drive roughly two hours to get on a train for another two hours and 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm at four over four hours anyway, when I could just drive on my own 
and it's just an odd place to start. I just don't. Fully... These are the same people pushing the all electric movement. I I <laughs> I, I don't really understand why it, it would it's starting from there. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons what they're trying to do, but and they're like, oh, it's 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 a great station and it connects to other stations and you can go to Hesperia and you can go to Apple Valley and you could go to like, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily the audience that they're trying, like saying we're going to do a high speed rail from LA to Vegas is in my opinion, a different audience than the people who use the, the trains and stuff around LA or from LA to San Diego it's a slightly different well, yeah, audience. It's not a commuter audience. Necessity. They're doing it out of necessity, not as a luxury. Right. It's not a commuter audience. Like you, uh -huh. there's it, like, listen, it, I know people that live in Orange County. They work in L.A. And now there's a lot of work from home, but they work like two days a week in L.A. And they just take the train. They just hop on the train in like Oceanside or, or Orange or whatever, get to the station in LA and then whatever it's an easy Uber or somebody picks you up and you're in downtown LA. Like that's a commute you can do twice a week. It's easy. You can work on the, on the train. It's got Wi-Fi, whatever. But I, I just don't, I'm not quite sure the connection. Plus if I had to like take a train from Santa Monica to downtown LA and then go down to Ranch Cucamongo, and then from there go to Vegas. It's not, it's not saving time as much as getting you, people off the road. Yeah, and you don't have to drive if you don't want to drive, or if you have work to do, or you just like straight up like I don't want to drive. I don't want to like have the hassle of like stopping for gas or a charge or whatever, or if there's weather or if there's a traffic jam or if there's construction, I get it. There's a little bit of consistency to it, but if the pitch is your four and a half hour drive is now two hour and 10 minutes, that's a bullshit pitch. Unless you live in Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like if you, if you live there and you can walk to the train, then I get it. And It'll be interesting to try because it's high speed and it's 186 miles an hour, roughly whatever it's going to end up doing. And and we'll we'll see. And it's an all electric train. It's going to go 218 miles. So um, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be interesting, but they're going to have to come up with. Some solution of getting people from L.A. to Rancho Cucamongo and whatever solution is in place is not the best solution and for us to drive there or it's just gonna be like fuck it we're just gonna like red eye on the train there or something and like you know hey there's none of this you, you it's not gonna be like hey it's you know quitting time we're gonna quit you know friday 3 p.m instead of 5 p.m or 6 p.m 3 p.m and then we're gonna go to ranch cucamonga we're gonna hop on the plane good luck the Traffic going south from L.A. to Ranch Cucamongo is a pain in the ass. So uh, I don't think that's going to be the, the the best solution. So um, anyway, that's that's what's going on with our high speed rail. In theory, it sounds interesting and it'd be fun to try. But I don't think it's a time saving thing. Sure doesn't sound like it to me. Um, anyway, that's what's going on. Uh. 
Okay, so uh, what else is going on in the car news? It's not uh, the most exciting week for for car news, um, except for maybe this uh, this BMW or BMW, jeez, this uh, Mercedes, the 2024 Mercedes AMG CLE 53 Coupe. What Mercedes has done is they're saying, hey, let's take the little C-class coupe and jettison it, and let's take the E-class coupe, which is a little larger, and jettison it, and see if we can combine ourselves one high-performance coupe. The interior is nice and has a bit of that C-class thing going on, but it's larger on the inside and feels more like the space you'd get in the E-Class Coupe. Uh, uh, I was reading some of what Edmonds was saying, and they're saying, you know what? Somebody who is 5'10 could sit in the back seat of this car and be pretty comfortable for a while. Uh, I don't think you'd want to drive for five hours, but it, it's interesting uh, that uh, they made it a little bit larger. And it's good-looking Coupe. It's got a great profile on it it's going to have the uh uh i believe it's the three liter turbo um the interior like they said five foot ten rear passengers not that bad it's got the 11.9 inch center touch screen it's got all the funky led lights it looks like a disco club in there <laughs> that's in uh i mean it's uh, from what i saw i mean it's a good looking vehicle it's a good again, looking vehicle again i mean i i uh, financially, I think it was a good decision by them. It's not like they don't offer enough models as it is, but it, the size again. Yeah, you know, and honestly, like we have so many crazy super sedans and super SUVs that the the high performance coupe, the two door, is just not a big selling vehicle that we have here uh, in the U.S. But um, I think it's cool. I I think it's a cool car and. Uh, and it looks good without being a completely over the top, like S class coupe. That's going to cost $280,000. Um, this one is going to have the three liter inline six, uh, which uses an electric motor and a turbocharger, by the way. Um, and the total power outputs 443 horsepower, 413 pound feet of torque, um, which is, a nice little bump from from the E53, which was the big version, which is this is 443 horsepower. It was 429 before. So uh it's gonna be the nine-speed automatic, the formatic all-wheel drive system, um, rear uh drive only. It'll switch the rear drive only in a drift mode, which is cool. So if you want rear wheel drive, you can put it in drift mode. There's rear axle steering, um, which uh they got it dialed in, performs very well. Um, as you'd expect, massive brakes, 14.6 uh, 14 inch rotors in the front, 14.2 in the rear, big uh, uh, four piston calipers in the front, single piston in the rear, but it's probably all you need. All right, it's a good looking car. Uh, it's kind of cool. I like to see that Mercedes is still doing this, especially when all we can seem to, to get pushed down our throats is EV stuff. It's nice seeing, uh, a, you know, a nice little German hot rod. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Refreshing. Come, come to market. 
Um, and I think the other thing that's going to be interesting in the EV world, and maybe we'll get into this with Alistair at some point, but they did their the, the test on the Kia EV9. This is the three-row SUV all-electric. It's basically the all-electric version of the Kia Telluride. And the Kia Telluride is a good-looking vehicle. It's wildly successful um, and uh, is one of my favorite vehicles in that $50,000 range. I, it's it's comfortable. It looks good. Uh, it's not an EV though. It's not a hybrid. It's just, you know, it's just a gas engine solution to a three row um, SUV. Now the EV9 is, is basically the all electric version of it. It is, uh, it's faster all around. And of course, being all electric, uh, avoid the gas bump. It's, they have a couple of versions. They have, um, I believe, a rear-wheel drive and an all-wheel drive and then a high-performance version. And the big dog is 379 horsepower, 516 pound-feet of torque. Should get you 0 to 60 in about 4.5, maybe 4.7 seconds. Um, it's got room for <clears throat> for everybody. Uh, it's nice on the inside, but now there's a significant price jump between the $50,000 Telluride and then the EV9 starts at something like 56 and gets its way up to $70,000 range. So um, do you want to spend $20,000 extra on getting the quote electric version of the Telluride? Uh, I'm not sure. It would be a commitment uh, to doing that. Now, Kia has understand, understands that because of the price jump, they wanted to... Uh, sweeten the pot a little bit so yes although there is still a fair amount of plastic and stuff on the interior there is still a, a noticeable increase in luxury between the ev9 they're definitely positioning it as a higher end version so uh it's it's pretty nice now in in the world of expensive evs a three-row luxury ish suv all electric it's not a it's not a bad option not a bad option it looks good and it 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 passes muster on on uh their test track so you can go in you can watch the Edmonds video and i'm sure alistair will have a lot to say on that because i think this is going to be a pretty significant thing for for kia all right i'm done <laughs> uh, uh well here's some more uplifting news uh, for those of you who have heard me mention my 69 Blazer throughout the years and my inability to build it because it wasn't a, a Mopar product, well, it looks like Santa Claus might be uh, giving me a gift here around Christmas time or Hanukkah Harry on Hanukkah. <laughs> but uh, it looks as if it's quite possible that that truck may leave my possession and I may be inquiring a 74 uh, Ram Charger convertible. Yeah. So, um, and the engine will be quite interesting to be determined later. Yeah. So, so you're going to, you it, it would be a build. It'd be just a full on hot rod build. Um, something kind of fun, something kind of over the top. Something um, definitely fun and something completely over the top. Because yes, Mario will have everything to do. Right, of course. You can't 
you can't get into a project like that and uh, and not have Mario breathe on the engine, whatever the engine may be at that point, right? Uh, uh, yeah, sounds fun. Sounds good. It's I have this very fond memory as a as a kid um, before maybe it was before my little brother was born. My older brother and I, we were probably six and eight, something like that. And and I don't know, my dad was just thinking of buying like a Bronco or something and. And he's like, hey, there's, you know, there's a guy in the neighborhood that's got a Ram charger and let's let's go test drive it. And I remember fondly like getting in that thing. Um, it was a weird color, though. It was kind of a I don't want to say yellow. It was kind of a cream color, kind of somewhere between the yellow and a cream kind of lightish color. I mean, I, I mean, I could be off. It could be a little bit more on the brown side, but uh, yeah, but it's tough. But I'd have to look up what the colors were back then, and, and it would, and uh, it would come back to me. But I remember taking that thing, and the guys like here and where we lived at the time, there wasn't much around. So uh, being able to, you know, take it off road a little bit and just kind of thrash it. I think my dad was like a little, um. Uh, like a little over his head on going, you know, I think he had this vision of doing stuff off road. And then even when we test drove it, like a little bit off road, he was like, this might be a little rougher than I thought it was going to be. And, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kids are flying around. Of course we're laughing and having a good time, but it's, you know, you think about maybe this is 1982, okay. you know, know what it's happening. It's, it's a rough ride. <laughs> It's a, you know in in a bone stock version of that truck. So, oh, uh, but it was it was it was fun to do, and I don't know why, but I I remember doing that test drive. It just, I there's not a whole lot I remember as a kid, um, but it, I don't know. It just seemed like 10, 15 minutes of my life that I remembered. Well, probably vehicle, because it involved a, a vehicle. <laughs> the vehicle name alone uh, makes it, you know. A, a, a logical candidate for Goldberg's garage to build it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still still got Mustangs and Lawman and Camaros and yeah, hundred you know. percent. I mean, you know, but I'm for old. for a build like this, for something to to get out and promote and build that's new and not just you know like Lawman, you don't touch right now. That's fully yeah. restored. It's got a lot of history. There's not a whole lot to do with it except there's only it so many events. that I can properly advertise in a in a in a every one of them fits a category right and yeah we need, we need cars that we can be building right now and producing fun content and killer stories behind these old school vehicles and, and i gotta keep it in the family man so having yeah. a Ram charger be my my next uh my next son will be that'd be freaking awesome. So yeah, yeah. I, I'd forgotten about him for a while. Um, yeah, you know the big craze on the power wagons and everything kind of overshadowed that. And then I thought about it, and then Savaggio brought it up to me. And um, hey, cross your fingers, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, it's a good idea. It's gonna be a fun project. Uh, all right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and uh, happy Hanukkah. Uh, that's starting now um 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, shopping on the website, buying some Bravago. Drinkbravago.com is the website. If you haven't bought any yet, now's a good time. You got a holiday party coming up. Hurry up. Get it out there. You got uh, gifts to give. Family to go see. Bring them some hard Bravago in your stocking. Put it in your stocking. Come on now. We appreciate it. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up and we'll um I guess we'll figure out what the schedule is gonna be for this for this month, but I think we got another show in us at least. Um I I yeah, the show may be uh live for me next week as I'm picking up my car, I hope. Yeah, uh maybe it'll come in before then. Maybe cross your fingers, maybe it'll come in before that. And then uh, the green one at Penske. We're going to have to get an update on that at some point. And I'm sure. I'm not worried about that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> As your eyes roll back. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Oh, oh, oh. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.